welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. Good morning, good morrow, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and welcome to I'll Marry You. It's the 24th of October 2023 on the I'll Marry You podcast and in today's headlines. Don't you think I could do that? I know that we've established I can't be Holly Willoughby. That I'm like, I'm okay with that. Well, I'm not, but I'll get over it. Do you think I could be a news presenter? I used to, when I was younger and I was in the shower, <laughs> I used to read the back of, shampoo, of the shampoo bottles and like practice my newsreader voice. You know, I was always destined for fame, wasn't I? Always destined. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with my little catch-up with my cousin Al, which was glorious for me. So I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. This week's episode is an absolute stonker. We have got an interview with Becca from Home Farm Kitchen. She's an absolute gem. She is a local gal to me, to where I grew up. And if you were listening last week because you're an avid follower of this podcast, then you'll remember that she was also the baker for Alex and his wife, Ali, for their wedding cake. And on last week's episode, I referred to, the, to her as a cake maker baker because I don't know what to call her. And I think she she left me a voice note. And from memory, I think she said like a cake artist, which I like. But I think we can do better than cake artist, like culinary artist. Baking bonanza. I'm talking nonsense because I haven't even had a coffee yet. This is so fresh, coming at you fresh on the morning of 24th of October 2023. Isn't it dark in the mornings? I'm rambling. Shall we begin? Welcome, Beck Swan. Do you prefer Beck or Rebecca? I prefer Beck or Rebecca, just not Becky. Oh, did you go to school with a Becky we don't like? No, I don't think I did. I just, um, yeah, I just never liked that one. Um, and and of course, everyone, every now and again, people say Becky, and I'm, I'm never very good at correcting people. So thanks for asking. That's because you're British. I'm terrible with that. And also, I once had an email that I was, I, it was a response to an email I had sent. So the email I had sent said from Liv, from Livy. And then they said, Dear Uli. Oh. First of all, yeah, Uli's not a name. <laughs> and second of all, it was a response. So now I go by Olivia because then there's no confusion. And also, you know, I try and get better seats in a restaurant. Yes. Well, yes. You're, yeah, you've got that one. Although, actually, I went to a restaurant. This is totally off topic. This is what I do back, by the way. I just talk absolute gibberish. But, like, we went to a restaurant the other weekend and I, I booked it under my name, which is my name. Like, I'm not being <laughs> difficult. It is my name. And then as we walked to our table, my friend overheard one waiter saying to the other, that's not the Olivia Coleman, is it? <laughs> actually, yes, it is. Um, so, Beck, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me. You're welcome. So you are the... Do you call yourself the owner, the CEO, the master baker? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I call myself of, any of those things. <laughs> well, you should. You're the you're the creator, the visionary behind Home Farm Kitchen. Yes, I am. So you you are a businesswoman, a boss babe, and a baker. Yes. And a mum. Amazing. And yeah. And a mum. I know. I can't even. Juggler. It it's a lot, isn't it? So Tell us then, how did it all begin? 
Where, what's the background of, of Home Farm Kitchen? So, so Home Farm Kitchen started out um, just over four years ago. Um, I So I'm a trained chef by trade. I trained when I was 18 um, and I have always been in the food industry um, for over 20 years. Um, and I stopped cooking and stopped, well, I, I, I owned a cafe deli um and with my sister and we sold it to both become full-time mummies I had had two children and she was pregnant and we sold that to become full-time mummies so I was a full-time mummy for a few years and when my third I've got four boys when my third um boy <gasps> went to school I decided I almost knocked my microphone off then because <laughs> she said I've got four boys I was like oh my god get this woman a drink <laughs> um when my third went to school, I decided that was a good time to start doing something. And I um, I thought I might do cakes. I didn't really intend to do wedding cakes particularly. I just sort of set up to do cakes from home, make cakes. I figured it would be a good way of earning a little bit of extra money, putting my skills to good use and doing it around my family. And of yeah. course, well, I mean, that's the, the dream, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's that's kind of why I do what I do, although I'm never sure it actually really works um, around a family. I don't know if anything really does. Well, nothing works around a family. I said to my friend <laughs> yesterday, if if anyone argued with any logic, they wouldn't have children ever because it makes absolutely no sense. It's <laughs> the hardest job in the world with very little return. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would do it. Obviously, I love yeah. my child. Four kids. So when you, so I can't even imagine how you juggled. So how old was your youngest when you started sort of, I suppose not the business necessarily, but you started doing it professionally for paid work rather than just for friends? How old was he, how old was the youngest then? I guess, well, he was actually probably only one. And now I've got a five-year-old yeah. and I've been doing it for just over four years. Okay. So you were, so you started just before COVID and how did that affect were you doing wedding cakes before the pandemic? No. Or was that a during I had, thing? I well, I was doing a few wedding cakes. I I I never set up to do wedding cakes intentionally. I'd done a few wedding cakes and um and I had a few bookings. And then obviously with everything, the first lockdown came lots of postponements. So mm. lots of my wedding cakes, well, Al and who you know, um his yeah. Their wedding cake was the first wedding cake I took, um, I had a consultation for, and they their wedding was last summer. So Yeah, last June. So Beck's talking about Alex, my cousin Alex, who's, who, who he, I say co-host, that's really ambitious. <laughs> I, bet, I just phoned him up for a catch up, but he who co-hosts this podcast with me on occasion and it was his wedding cake. And I remember him saying that he was coming to you for a consultation and he was very excited because I, I mean, I'm with him, cake tasting or food tasting of any description is exciting. It's like when you go to Whole Foods supermarket and you get tasters. It's very exciting stuff. And that was the first one you did? Yes, theirs was the first one. I think, I, I'm sure it was the first one I did. And it was also the first thing that they were ticking off their list, which was really sweet. Um, their cake was the first thing they thought of, I think, when they were planning their wedding. But also they knew that they had they knew that they wanted you to do it yes. as well like they they really just came for the free cake they knew you were going to get the gig like that was just <laughs> yeah they were just being greedy yeah. you were going to get the gig <laughs> so you so it's not only 
wedding cakes you do sort of celebration cakes and everything else as well do you do anything else as, on top of that I do wedding cakes and celebration cakes I do lots of birthday cakes and anniversary cakes and things like that um and I do a few afternoon teas and um um yeah no mostly that um and it's just you you sort of just work out work it around the kids schedules and pickups and drop-offs and all that exactly I bake in the daytime when they're not here um I do emails and zoom consultations for wedding cakes bedtime and yeah you know it's I know well I know you have to do it in the evening um now tell me I've got a lot of wedding cake related questions which is handy that you're here (laughs) (laughs) um I've one of the strangest cakes I've ever seen was a cake of like two halves so it was three tiers and the one like the front was a beautiful traditional wedding cake and then it, it was on like a spinning thing and if you turned it around it was made to look like monsters and superheroes had opened it up and they were like coming out of the cake (laughs) i know it was really bizarre sounds incredible have you ever had have you ever done anything like that or had any really weird requests no not really um i generally stick to a style of cake and i i would Mm -hmm. hope that people come to me because um because they like my style um so and I don't generally do novelty cakes although I've I've always said I don't do novelty cakes but having children my youngest Manny asked for a Batman cake for his birthday did you do it I did make him a Batman cake but it wasn't quite the Batman cake that I think he was expecting he did look at me and say oh no was it very arty it was was (laughs) abstract there wasn't really very much Batman about it at all, but um, yeah, <laughs> it had so a Batman what is... logo on it. Well, it had a black bat. That's all right. That's it. the perfect way. <laughs> what is your style then? What is your style? My my style, well, I make buttercream cakes. Um, and so I make everything with Swiss meringue buttercream, yeah. which I think, um, which I absolutely love. It's not as sweet and sickly as American buttercream, but it's not, and it's not as sweet as fondant. Um and it tends to suit semi-naked cakes and um, lots of abstract watercolour techniques on the front. So I'll do lots of colour, lots of, um, um, yeah, different textures of buttercream. Um, and I tend to use a lot what of is, What's the difference then? Cakes. What's in Swiss meringue buttercream as opposed to the others? American buttercream is just butter and icing sugar that you beat. And Swiss meringue buttercream is a meringue mixture that you add butter to. So it's much, um, it's really silky smooth and it's, I can eat it off a spoon. I would happily tuck into a bowl of it. Probably, (laughs) probably not a good idea. (laughs) Well, actually, do you know what? People say like you shouldn't trust a skinny chef and you're very slim and you make cakes for a living. Do you not eat what you make constantly? Well, that's very kind of you to say so. Do you not eat everything you make, though? Do you not lick the bowl? Do the kids lick the bowl? <laughs> the kids don't lick the bowl. Um, they don't like Swiss meringue buttercream unless it's chocolate. They are very good. They come into the kitchen, if if they come into the kitchen when I'm baking um, or I'm putting a cake together and they see offcuts, they very are very good and they ask me if the offcuts are Mummy, is this for a customer or can I eat it before they tuck into it? Um, I oh. do definitely eat the leftovers. Yes. <laughs> I don't like waste. Well, we've put, 
perks of the job, isn't it? No, exactly. No, don't like waste. But there must be a lot of waste. I know it sounds silly, but when you watch these YouTube videos of people um, decorating cakes, I find it very therapeutic. It's There seems to, especially maybe not with um, Swiss meringue buttercream, but with other buttercreams, there seems to be a lot of waste, isn't there? With cake making? Yeah. Um, there is waste, but I've, I mean, I've got a... My kids all will eat the cake leftovers. So I will cut, I'll trim a cake. Every cake I make, every tier of cake I make has normally three or four layers of cake in it. And each cake is cut so that the top is flat, perfectly flat. Um, And then you get less sort of crust in the layers as well. So um, there is waste, but in our house, it doesn't go in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> in your house it goes in the mouths. <laughs> and um, so I am I right in thinking that it's very rare now for people to have the traditional fruitcake, that actually it's all different flavours and quite often different tiers of different flavours. Yes, absolutely. Traditional fruitcakes, I've been asked once for a traditional fruitcake um, in the last um, four, four years or so of doing wedding cakes. Um, everybody oh, wants wow. a sponge cake. Yeah. Um, the last, but, I, the I've done a few I friends' quite... wedding cakes and, um, and I mean, I'm going back sort of 15 years. I think that was the last fruitcake I ever made. That's mental. But then the, the idea of the fruitcake, am I right? The, the tradition was is that you would keep the top tier and then you would cut it when you had your first yes, baby. absolutely. You'd have, you'd cut, you'd use the top tier, you'd wrap it in foil, you'd take the icing off, you'd wrap it in foil and you'd re-ice it for your baby your first baby's christening that's the tradition and the symbol of the wedding cake at a um wedding um traditionally was to do with it being the first job that you the first um job that you did together as a couple was to cut the cake oh really yeah. i did not know that yeah. i mean also as a side note if you've just had a baby and you're getting it christened Who's got time to ice a bloody cake? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I always, I always thought that, um, I always thought that about the wedding breakfast. You see, because I've been told that the wedding breakfast is called a breakfast because people get very confused. They're like, "Oh, I've got to have scrambled egg." No, Derek, you don't. But they call it a wedding <laughs> breakfast because it's the first meal you have as a married couple. Correct. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah, there's lots of. Um... Oh, good. No, I, I thought I made that up. No, I think that it's, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and now tell me, I have had, I would say, when I used to work at a venue, I would say that the the two jobs that, that, that um, event managers and coordinators hate most are the music and the cake, like taking responsibility <laughs> for the cake. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's too much. Um, so would you probably- go and deliver and like put it down there and then? Yeah, so I take, I love a little bit of extra risk. And so I deliver my cakes at the last Mm. minute. So I normally deliver when, um, I mean, it just totally depends on the wedding and when they're eating the cake. But I normally always chat through with the couple um, and find out when they're cutting the cake, when they want it on show. It depends on the time of year. Um, Buttercream cakes do not like to be in a marquee on a hot summer's day in August um yeah for, you know any length of time so yeah I deliver a cake um as l- as late as I possibly can and I set it up um for the guests to see 
and then I do leave really clear instructions for the venue um, and give them, um, yeah, cl clear instructions written down for them to, um, so they know how to take it apart and how many portions to cut it up to and all of that sort of stuff. Because that's, yeah, that was the thing. The chefs used to hate it. First of all, if it made it to the kitchens, because so so often in the height of summer, it would be so hot and we would be stood there and we, we, we're watching it melt, like we're watching it tilt to the side. And it was very intense time for us all. And then you, yeah, and you get it. And actually, it sounds so silly, but cutting a cake, not as easy as you'd not think. Not as easy. For however many people. No, not as easy. I think that people who do end up cutting a cake at the end of the night get better and better at it that's for sure um I've been there as a caterer and um and I've been that person but yeah it's um it's not that easy and it's a huge responsibility I always think that maybe it's, it would be a good idea to um offer a service to stay and be the person to cut it up it's always a good yeah good I mean people people pay money for bloody anything at a wedding so <laughs> Might as well offer it. <laughs> They'll love it. They'll be like, this is my personal cake cutter. <laughs> Are you yourself married? I am married. And what cake did you have? Oh, do you know what? It's really funny, actually. We didn't have a very traditional wedding. So I've been married for 16 years. And actually, I had said to um, my now husband, that I thought we should have afternoon tea, just literally an afternoon tea for our entire food for our yeah. wedding. Um, he wasn't so keen on that idea, yeah. so we didn't have that. Um, but we had um, we had we had cupcakes, which now I think is a oh. slightly strange one, and I would probably not really enjoy making cupcakes for a hundred people. But oh no, not that I didn't enjoy them, but um, I didn't make I didn't make a huge effort I have to say when it came to our wedding cake <laughs> but then that's it it's like it's if like the skinny doing... chef it's like the hairdresser <laughs> with bad hair you just don't do it for yourself do you <laughs> yeah maybe I think um I would if I was getting married if I was getting married now if our wedding was now I'd go to town and I'd do something amazing um but then I it was about the food for us our wedding was more about the food so we we had um, mm. really lovely food. What do you say to these people that have? Um, what do you say to these people that have cheesecakes? Cakes just wheels of cheese. Oh, do you, do you know them? what I love? Do you hate cheesecake I, no, people? No, I. <laughs> I actually don't because I absolutely love cheese. Um, um, but I think that there's room for a cheesecake and a and a normal cake, isn't there? Oh, there is always room for cake. So I think there always. Is. I think there is. Yeah, I have you done any really weird combinations? I feel like elderflower and something's becoming quite popular, and carrot cake. I had carrot cake, but have you done any weird ones? No, I don't really do any. Well, I don't do any weird flavors. Lemon and elderflower is probably my most popular cake um, for weddings. It's really mm. lovely and light and summery, um, and I think that's become popular because I'm sure Meghan and Harry's wedding cake was a lemon and elderflower cake. I mean, let's not get on to that. That's a whole different podcast and it probably wouldn't put me in the best light. <laughs> Might not. <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, but I think that's probably... Have you ever made a cake for a cake smash? No. Nor a um, gender reveal cake. I... 
Oh, yeah. how would you make a gender reveal well, cake? People make them with... How, you, how would you, Bex one? I don't know. I'm not sure it's quite in my style. Um, because you fill mm. the middle of the cake, you cut a sort of secret compartment in the cake and then you cut into it and all the pink or blue sweets fall out of it. Um, mm. It's not quite... At least that's, and that's a nice way of doing it. When we were pregnant for... When we were pregnant... Um, James wanted to have, he saw on YouTube where cars like race around in a circle. I think they drift or there's a word for it. And then like the smoke that comes out of the car is either pink or blue. Oh, wow. Did you do that? I'd rather, absolutely not. Absolutely not. If I'd done that, he wouldn't be the father of my child anymore. <laughs> I found someone far more civilised, you'd have a cake reveal. Oh, dear. Uh... Now, silly question, but do you provide the candles? If they, I suppose, why would you have candles? It's a wedding cake on a birthday cake. Oh, God, you know, I've only had one coffee. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you have candles on a wedding cake, generally. No, I know, Beck. I'm not well. <laughs> I'm not well. But I can provide candles for, for birthday cakes. And every now and again, I, I don't offer it. I should, maybe I should. Um, but for wedding, for birthday cakes, sorry, um, I sometimes... Sometimes somebody will collect it and say, oh, I'm just going to go to Tesco's and get some candles because I forgot that part. Mm. And I'll say, oh, I've got something here and I've always got some candles. How um, do you have to go to special shops for all your equipment or do you just hit up Hobby, Hobbycraft? <laughs> just go Hobbycraft. Bye. Love Hobbycraft. Me. <laughs> um, I probably did go to Hobbycraft in the early stages, but no, I buy like bulk cake boxes and boards and um all my ingredients so I one of my sort of selling points I suppose is that I make everything myself when it comes to the cakes and um so I make all my own jams and compots and curds and um none of no, no bought jams or anything so everything's freshly made and so I oh that's choose... so nice so ev yeah everything's you yeah everything's made by me and I make macarons or I um yeah, I oh, buy really nice ingredients. So I buy shipped to mill flour, for example, mm. and I buy a local butter mm. that's um, that's made down the road and um, and free range eggs. And I think that I think that you can tell when you cut into a cake and it's been made. It's all homemade and it's made with really good ingredients. Um, oh, one hundred percent. And I like. I do you do many cakes? sort of far afield for weddings or is it mostly local I mean there's a lot of Beck actually lives very close to where I grew up so there's a lot of venues around there isn't there yeah I I try and stick as local as I can um I've got a couple of sort of favorite venues I like working for and they're sort of within 20 minutes away um but I'll go I'll I'll travel about an hour is kind of my max I have I'm doing a cake um for and somebody do you who's have, local to us do you have one of those stickers do you have a sticker that goes on the back of your car that's like, I'm travelling with a wedding cake? Like, yeah, cake on no. board. <laughs> wedding cake on board. Back off. <laughs> no, but I always that would be think so, I should. I feel like that's the scariest bit. Yeah, I always think I should when I'm going round and round about, the, like, more carefully than, you know, a 90-year-old granny. I, um, yeah. I go really slowly and I always think that maybe think people behind me are just annoyed by my very slow, careful driving. Do you strap it in? That sounded strange. Do you? <laughs> Apologies. It's not even midday. Do you strap the like? Where does the cake sit? Does the cake? Do you have like a? I'm intrigued now. How how does the cake best travel? So I so different cake makers do different things. 
Um, and I think I said already that I love a bit of risk. So I travel with a three-tier <laughs> cake already stacked in a box. It's like, um, it's kind of like a cool box. And it goes on a rubber mat in the boot of the car. So it's not... That is seriously risky. Yeah, it's not strapped in, but it's kind of like the bottom of the box and the rubber mat don't... There's no sliding sort of... There's nothing to slide. Got to be quite calm, I think, as a as a wedding cake maker. I think you have got to be very calm. Um, and things go wrong. Mm. I definitely have to Has have... Has something ever gone really wrong? Have you ever got to the venue and you've completely cocked it up? <laughs> you went... 40 miles an hour round the roundabout and the whole cake's buggered. Has, has that ever Not happened? exactly. No. Things do go wrong, mm. of course. Things, sort of, you know, every now and again you get a crack or, um, yeah, there's definitely been moments where I've had to say to myself, it's okay, you can fix this and just take a deep breath and then, yeah, I always pull it off and it always looks perfect. So if you were, so if what I like to ask my guests um, during each interview is what would be your top three tips mm. for choosing the best wedding cake? I think my three top tips. Okay, so I think I would say choose your wedding designer wisely. I think you pay for what you get. Mm. I think I'd say book early to avoid disappointment mm -hmm. if you can't get your um, cake designer that you are after. And trust in your cake designer. I think, um, you know, they're... They've got wonderful ideas in their heads. And I think it's really fun to, when you get a wedding couple who don't know what they want, um, you know, Pinterest and Instagram are brilliant for inspiration. But when I get a couple who don't, want the, don't know what they want, um, it's more fun for me as a cake designer to kind of not go to town necessarily, but to design them something totally bespoke rather than designing something around something they've seen or a design that they particularly like. I mean, that's it, isn't it? And it's the same with what you're saying and sort of pick them wisely, trust them to do their thing. It's the same with any wedding supplier, you know, with every couple I've ever had, it's like, oh, we'll save some money on the photos. We'll get a friend to take the photos. We'll save some money on the band. We'll plug in an iPhone. We'll save some money on the cake. Granny will make the cake. Like you, you can scrimp and save and all these different things, but there's a reason why people are professional and they they charge a lot of money because it's their time and it's their effort and it's their energy and their love and you have to choose where you prioritize things in your wedding because not everyone can have the best of everything yeah. but there's there's a reason why people like you are out there and people like me and you know there's a, we're good at what we do yeah. let us do what we do and yeah. do it well absolutely that's and and you know it's totally fine to want a di wedding and and want to not spend a fortune on weddings and that's absolutely fine um but yeah if you want somebody who's going to care and um go the extra mile then yeah choosing someone who loves but it's what also, they do it's also i think really a lot important. of people have that idea yeah a lot of people have that idea at the beginning of the engagement where they're like oh we're going to do it all ourselves save money we love doing it all ourselves and then it gets to like <laughs> A month before, yeah. three weeks before, two a week before, and they every single time. By the time I get to the wedding, they're like, "Why the hell did I do all this? Why did I not just 
get someone else to do it. Like yeah. I've never met a couple that have got to the wedding day and it's a DIY wedding and gone, oh no, that was an absolute breeze. Could do it all over again. Yeah. Never. It's like hosting a birthday party at your house for your child. It's the idea of it's really fun, mm-hmm. but the reality is, you know, 20 kids, like yeah, a headache. I think sometimes Ooh. it's worth paying the extra money and going to, I don't know, play planet or jungle mania. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting to me, oh, my love. You're um, are you super busy this season? I've got quite. Do you a have lot. loads of weddings going on? I've got quite a lot. Um, yeah, I've got quite a lot going on this summer, which is um all this season. It's good. So yeah. Do you do? Will you be busy over Valentine's? Do you make like Valentine's cookies? Oh, kind of. I don't. Valentine's Day is one of my like most hated, commercialized sure um holidays so I kind sure. of kind of avoid it um romantic <laughs> I'm the romantic in me stamping her foot um uh so yeah no no I'm not busy for Valentine's no but you're day. busy with weddings which is amazing so who so your website is homefarmkitchen.com and my instagram page and your is instagram is homefarm.kitchen Home fart. Dot, home fart. Oh my god, that just came out. I'm so sorry. Home, well, not the fart. The <laughs> home farm kitchen. I'm not professional. See, people get intimidated when I ask them to come on my podcast. I'm no, like, no, don't worry. No, We're just gonna have a no chat. Farting. All right, my lovely. Home Thank farm. you. No farting. Home farm dot kitchen. Thank you so much for coming Thanks, on and chatting Liv. with us. And have a great day. And we'll Thank speak to you, you soon. Take much. care. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I must tell you that last weekend, Saturday just gone, was my own wedding anniversary. And it marked six years, six glorious years. Not a moment went by when I wanted to stab him in the neck. And it was um, it was a wonderful day, except that I was working, which actually I chose to do. I've chosen to have weddings the last two anniversaries. It saves him, you know, having to actually plan anything or forward think about anything. I mean, it's the same day each year, but the boy still struggles, you know. So I had a wedding at Matara Centre, which was so lovely. And it does, I must admit, it does hit slightly differently when I'm performing a ceremony on my own wedding date. It's a little bit more emotional for me. Um, And that was a beautiful, beautiful wedding for the most wonderful couple. And then I came home and I was at my parents' house and um, we had our weekly Strictly Drinks party, as we do. I wondered why I was putting on so much weight and it's because of Strictly. (laughs) We're in week four, so I can't blame it entirely on that, but I'm going to. Um, So we had our Strictly Drinks party and then we had a nice supper and um, got a bit pissed, you know, as it is. Um, What I felt bad, though, I felt bad because six years, traditionally, we try and do like the traditional gift for every anniversary just because it's a bit of fun, isn't it? It's a bit of a challenge. Um, So traditionally, six years is iron. And annoyingly, I need an iron. But if he had bought me an iron, I would have killed him with an iron. Do you see what I mean? So I bought him. I I had very low expectations, if I'm honest. And I even said to him, don't buy me flowers because we're going on holiday in a week's time. So just get me a card and we'll go out for dinner when we're on holiday. Um, And because it was iron, I thought I would be very clever. And I bought him a can of iron brew and a card. Um, And then he turned up with the most incredible bouquet of flowers. (laughs) Not not just from a petrol station or a supermarket, as per usual, but from a florist, from an actual florist. 
And I can't remember the last time he bought me flowers from a florist because that's my thing. On the odd occasion he does buy me flowers, I say, that's sweet, that's so wonderful. But maybe go into a florist rather than Tesco or M&S, which, you know, is like fine. I don't want to sound ungrateful, but there's just something different, isn't there, about flowers from a florist. Anyway, so I feel bad because he's he went to a huge amount of effort and wrote lovely things in the card and was generally quite wonderful. Um, so I need to make it up to him, which is unfortunate. I mean, Christmas is coming, so, you know. There's things that a lady only does at Christmas, isn't there? This is the RSVP. <laughs> I feel like I sound like a bad Radio 6 music presenter. This is the RSVP section of the show. This is the bit where we talk about you guys and I read out your DMs and answer any of your questions. So thank you so much for sending those in. Okay, so this is a DM from Michael. He writes, Dear Olivia, thank you so much for your podcast. My fiancé made me listen to it. I was very reluctant, but I love it. Thank you, Michael. Why the reluctance? Hmm? Why? 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 He goes on. Last year, I was best man for my best mate and he tasked me with the job of picking up the wedding cake because his bride-to-be didn't trust the baker. Fair enough. It's a big, it's a big job. He continues. On the way there, we hit traffic. I got excited. We were running late. I hit a speed bump. The cake toppled. You know the rest. Shit, Michael. Holy shit, Michael. <laughs> this is honestly like everyone's biggest fear in the wedding industry. Suffice to say, the cake was completely ruined. When I got to the venue, I went straight to the kitchen and the chef there was so incredible, he made us a whole new wedding cake. The bride-to-be didn't even notice. Life saved. Thanks so much for the pod. Keep it going. Lots of love. Michael, soon to be married. That's incredible. Um, do you know what? That happens so much. And I've actually seen cars with those bumper stickers. Like, you know the bumper stickers that say absolute bollocks like powered by fairy dust which by the way you're not my person <laughs> if you have a car sticker that says powered by fairy dust you probably also have one of those steering wheel covers with like diamante on it either way not okay um but you can get bumper stickers that say like wedding cake in the car or something like that i don't know the specifics of it but you can so that people around you are really careful also i feel like Fair enough to not trust the baker if you wanted to assign that task to someone in the wedding party. Don't assign it to the best man. You tit. That was your first error, wasn't it? God love you, Michael. But it's too much of responsibility for you, isn't it? It's too much. I think you did the best thing and you made made a meal out of it. <laughs> you made cake. When life hands you effed up cake, you make a new cake with the chef from the venue. Love it. Thanks so much for getting in touch, Michael. Thank you for listening to the pod. Reluctantly, albeit, I'm really glad that you're enjoying it. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. 
The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones, and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee. <laughs>